Hello and welcome to the HRT is Good For You podcast. My name's Chloe and this is a show for women and men of all ages, particularly emphasis on women of those who are entering their menopause. Have you ever struggled with low libido or depression, among other characteristics of the menopause? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show. You'll learn how HRT is effective, beneficial and above all else it is safe to be using. Now join me as I speak to Professor John Studd, Vice President of the National Osteoporosis Society and Chairman of the British Menopause Society on his positive research on 10 good reasons to be happy about using HRT. HRT stands for Hormone Replacement Therapy, by the way. Now let's get started and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Professor. Hello, my love. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? All right. I've got in front of me your paper that you wrote in 2010 called As I See It, 10 Reasons to Be Happy About Hormone Replacement Therapy. Oh, that's I've got that in front of me now as well. Have you too? Brilliant. Well, it beams with lots of benefits of using hormone replacement therapy. Can you remember writing it all these years ago? Yes, I remember writing it very well. <laughs> I wonder how much the research has actually changed and advanced since then. Well, I, it's still up to date. Um, there's nothing inaccurate in it. Yes, I wrote this paper about 10 years ago, and a lot of my colleagues have, have printed it off to give it to their patients. And it is just a, um, a summary of the important points where HRT can be of great benefit. Yeah, it seems like the most important message you want to communicate is that it's effective, beneficial, and most of all, safe to use. It's all of those things, that's right. Yeah, um, brilliant. And it's... HRT is, is, is really a breakthrough. I started the first menopause clinic in Europe way back in 1968 when I was a, a, a young trainee because I was teaching the students the, the familiar story that women didn't need hormones for the menopause. They needed some tranquilizers and a nice husband. And I, I taught that rubbish for a long time. Until, until I realized that there's a, a different way. And I started this clinic in Birmingham, and it was closed down following a protest from the local BMA. But then it started running again, and it's still going now. Wow. But it was quite clear that the patients that we saw um, with the appropriate symptoms got better. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I can see from your reasons, there's loads of great reasons to be taking HRT. Well, uh, initially, that no one would dis- dispute that the the principal symptoms of the menopause were hot flashes, sweats, and vaginal dryness and vaginal pain. Now, uh, that's been known for fifty years or so, mm. and they're the first two of my ten points that HRT will stop hot flashes and sweats. Yeah, how how would that work? Well, that's, uh, it, the problem is, of course, that this causes insomnia, tiredness, depression, irritability as you can't sleep all night. And it's quite clear that antidepressants that have been used for this condition don't work. And Easterns always work, I'd say. And the, the second thing, the vaginal dryness. There's a lot of, of collagen, lots of, of mucus thickness in the vagina, 
which causes pain, difficulty in intercourse, discharge, and of course, loss of libido. Now, these are the two things, flushes and sweats and estrogens for vaginal dryness, that nobody would ever dispute are worthwhile. How does HRT actually treat painful intercourse? Is it, is it the estrogen that you have to take? Take estrogens, that's right. After, after menopause, women lose collagen from their skin, their vagina, uh, their nails, their hair, uh, bladder, the bone. All those things are affected. And we know from our studies over the years that, that um, the loss of collagen and the loss of thickness in the skin, you can replace in one year. In one year, wow. you replace all of that. And the same thing applies, of course, to, to the vagina and just as important, the bones. Because the other uh, major problem with the menopause is that women get thinner bones. Mm. And that um, 30% of women at the age of, say, 80 will have had an osteoporotic fracture. That's a fracture of the hip or a fracture of the spine. And that is all, all preventable by giving estrogens. And I read that it's also good for women who suffer with anorexia. Is that right? Well, that's right. That, 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 that's the other group. The other group are the, are the young women with anorexia who are thin, whether they are exercise freaks going to the, to the gym for two hours every day or whether anorexics or athletes like ballet dancers, they have mm. problems because they lose their periods and they lose their body fat. And they have terrible bones, these women. And it's all, it's all related again to the, the loss of estrogen and the loss of collagen and the loss of the bone matrix, the bone scaffolding, which the calcium and whatever is attached to. So it's a fundamental question, a fundamental problem, should we say, of loss of collagen. If a male has anorexia, can they still take HRT as if they were women, or is it, is it different? Well, yes, men who have osteoporosis, it's a different story, actually. The men that have osteoporosis have low testosterone, and this is manifested sometimes when they go to the doctor with loss of libido, loss of erection. Um, a tiredness, grumpiness, etc. They often have low bone density. And if you give them testosterone for the symptoms, it improves their bone density considerably. Oh, brilliant. Do you actually have a lot of male patients? I, I have quite a few male patients. Okay. Far more women, of course. And mm. the male patients come with, with sexual problems. And they are, are amazed that the testosterone is low and their bone density is low. So there's an equivalence in men, but it's much, much more common, better understood in women. That's interesting. And I read here that estrogen helps depression in many women. Is that the same in males as well? No, it's very different. Depression in men is different from depression in women. Okay. 
Okay. And psychiatrists really are hardly aware of this. It's because psychiatrists don't recognize the hormonal factors in depression. Right. Men have virtually no hormonal factors in depression. Do they not? Not much. But women do in three obvious ways. Premenstrual, postnatal, after the birth of the child, and at the menopause. Okay. So these are three times of hormonal flux where you have depression. Premenstrual depression occurring before every period that gets better with pregnancy when the hormone levels are higher and static. Mm. And then they deliver the baby and the estrogen levels go down. Depression recurs as postnatal depression. And then years later, when they're towards the menopause, they have depression then. And it's important to realize that these symptoms of the menopause are at their worst before the periods stop. So you haven't got to be 55 and no periods for years. You can be 45 and you're still having regular periods and you still have these problems with depression. In this, these years that we call the menopausal transition. Do any of these symptoms sound familiar? If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you resolve them, you can reach the London PMS and Menopause Clinic, where you can speak to Professor Studd and his trusted team of gynaecologists. We hope you're enjoying the show, and let's get back to it. Another one of these points is that HRT protects the intervertible discs. Now, uh, they're entirely collagen, and they're between the, the vertebral bodies, and they all act as a cushion over the years, stopping you de- developing a crush fracture of, of bits of the spine. And that's the cause of the loss of height that old women may get, the so-called dowager's hump. And um, so not only does estrogens protect the bones, because of its effect on collagen in the, in the matrix, but also it, it protects the discs between the bones because they are entirely collagen, and the collagen is protected by the estrogens. Right, wow. And that's why we should protect them. But do you need to take HRT before you hit your menopause in order to protect them? It's difficult to answer that. You may want to start um, treatment for the menopause for other reasons, like flushes, sweats, and um, uh, and depression, of course. To protect the bones, well, <laughs> women in this age group should probably, if they're thin, should probably have a bone density scan. Um, around the menopause, even before the menopause. And if they are low, the scan, if they're showing that they have osteopenia, which is the step before osteoporosis, then they should be given estrogen straight away. So it really depends on patient to patient? Yes, of course, of course. And when we speak about estrogens, let's make one thing clear. 
The Eastern should be through the skin and not by tablets. It was a view that HRT caused heart attacks. And we do know that giving oral estrogens, estrogens by mouth, whether it's young girls on the pill or older women having HRT, there is a slight increase in thrombosis because estrogens by mouth produce the coagulation factors from the liver. So there's this slight, slight increase in heart attacks and strokes and strokes with estrogens by mouth. And therefore, we always, always give estrogens through the skin, transdermally, by patches or gels, or sometimes by implants. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, I think. Going back to heart attacks, um, how long do you need to be on the treatment in order to mitigate the risks of a heart attack? No, nobody knows that, that, that answers to that, nobody. Oh, um, really? I, I think it's, it's enough that people recognise that, that transdermal HRT does reduce the number of heart attacks. That's all we can say at the moment. One thing we haven't explored too much into depth is libido. Yeah. Can, you, can you explain why HRT improves libido? Um, well, loss of libido is a very common symptom aged 40 plus, up to 60 or whatever. And the obvious one is that you, you, you stop the vagina being painful and dry. Mm. So that's one aspect. But also, um, the HRT improves energy, improves mood and whatever. But added to, added to, to the Eastern therapy, we should also give testosterone. Testosterone is not just a male hormone. Testosterone occurs in women, and it's present in 10 times the quantity as estrogen in women. So it's a very normal female hormone. And giving testosterone again through the skin helps energy, libido, number of orgasms, all sorts of things. So it's safe for women to have additional testosterone? Very safe and very beneficial. Brilliant. Does testosterone help with your skin at all, or is that estrogen-based no, only? No, the estrogen alone. Testosterone um, can really cause problems with the skin, and that it can cause excess hair growth and excess um, spots, but acne. But in the right dose, it doesn't. And if it does, you can merely stop the testosterone. So that's a very rare, obvious complication. But the benefits of increased libido are considerable. When it comes to the skin texture improving, it also helps other parts of your body, like your nails. Is that right? Well, that's right. As I said before, um, around the menopause or after the menopause, you lose collagen from the vagina, we've mentioned, the bones, we've mentioned, individual discs, skin, certainly, and the bladder and the nails, and the hair. All these things are improved by getting back your normal collagen levels. Collagen, in many European languages, collar 
is glue. So that's what collagen is simply glue that you're losing. And the most obvious way to see it around the menopause is thinner skin. Mm. How does it affect the bladder? Well, for the same reason. For the same, same reason, the bladder has the two components of, of, of muscle and membrane, and both of those things are related to collagen. And we do know that many women who have problems of getting up to pee about four or five times a night, or they have pain with micturition, they would frequently just have dilatation of the urethra, which isn't necessary. They're much better off having estrogens, which will help these women who have painful um, micturition and too frequent water at night. That's interesting. I would never have thought that the bladder would have been affected like that. It certainly is. Very common. Is that changed depending on your age or if you have a baby? I don't think the pregnancy makes much difference because you have an increased estrogen, then it comes down to normal, normal levels. Now, pregnancy does have other effects on the skin like cloasma, but we're not going there today. I read on your paper that there's actually a quote from a patient that says, I'm a nicer person to live with. Do you hear this a lot? Well, that's right. I do hear it a lot from patients and also from husbands as well. Many women say that Easton's stop depression, improve the libido, less irritability. Mm. They generally become more agreeable people because their mood is better and they're happier. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. But that's a direct quote from a patient. I'm a nicer person to live with. That's lovely. The final thing that we really want to get across from your research is HRT is safe. Well, that's number 10 of my points. Yes. What we're saying is that in spite of all the occasional bad news you get about cancer of the breast or strokes or whatever, it really isn't true. And that the, the, there was this very expensive 2002 study, oral estrogens in America, where they chose the wrong drug, the wrong route, the wrong patients, the wrong age, and came to the wrong conclusions. And this is a study that cost more than $1 billion. $1 billion. Wow. And the investigators are now going around the world lecturing and apologizing for the mistakes they've made and for this big baby boomer generation in America who have been denied for about 10, 20 years hormone therapy for their symptoms and their long-term health based upon bad data. So all the evidence now is that there are not more heart attacks, but there are fewer heart attacks. There are not more strokes, but there are fewer strokes. And the breast cancer story that keeps popping up is not related to estrogens because every study that's looked at estrogens alone show no change or a decrease in breast cancer. It is due to the using continuous progestogen 
to stop the bleeding, and this is what what I don't do. Um, we use continuous, which is a discontinuous um, progesterone. That's a natural progesterone for seven or ten or thirteen days a month, and not synthetic progestogen every day, which is the risk factor for breast cancer. Now that was number ten. And there's number 11, which wasn't published. Number 11 is that there is almost certainly a decrease in Alzheimer's disease. Um, Alzheimer's is more common in women than men. It's uh, more common in women with an early menopause. And logically, logically, Christians should prevent Alzheimer's as it does other degenerative conditions. Now, it's difficult to prove this to everyone's satisfaction that we know from big population studies, including the huge Utah study in America, that Alzheimer's is less common with women having long-term estrogens. But the pure epidemiologists must have a randomized controlled trial. Now, how do you have this with thousands of women starting from when? Age 50, 40, 30? And what happens in the, for the placebo group when the patients, when the women, shall we say, um, develop symptoms and want to have hormones? So the study is invalid to begin with. So um, th- this compulsion to do a randomized controlled trial is not possible for looking at Alzheimer's. And I would remind you of a little piece of history. When it was first discovered that smoking caused lung cancer and that smoking doctors had a 13 times greater incidence of lung cancer than doctors who didn't smoke, people still asked for a randomized trial And Sir Richard Dole, the author, famously said, there's no point in a randomized trial to prove the bleeding obvious. (laughs) So that's gone back, that's gone to medical history, that statement. Mm. What's your opinions on the Alzheimer case? Oh, I think it's very logical. It's very logical. And all of the population studies strongly suggest that women on long-term estrogens have less Alzheimer's. Wow. When did this come to your attention? Years ago. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, we've gone through all our 10 reasons plus an extra one. That's right. 10 reasons plus one extra. (laughs) I hope you're all convinced. Yeah, I think so. Hello and welcome back. Who would have guessed that your bladder could be affected like that? I didn't. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can find us on our Twitter at HRT is good for you, and we'd love to get in touch. Next week, Professor and I will be talking in more detail about depression and how HRT can help with this. Thank you for listening, and don't forget you can find the contact details for the London PMS and Menopause Clinic on either our show notes or online by searching for the clinic. See you soon.